0: The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each tea pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh, and it's got this special full immersion filter, and the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee steeped is a benefit b corp they ethically source all their coffee their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise you can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at SteepedCoffee.com. that's s-t-e-e-p-e-d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your Life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. <laughs> How's all the <this> stuff going. <laughs> which which part? I don't know. There's Too man. much stuff going on. I feel like there's Aptos, there's,
1: there's a Caterpillar,
0: Aptos, Caterpillar, Partner Forum. Would you say Chloroform? Par- partner Forum. Partner Forum. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Partner Forum. <laughs> I don't know. I I have my sights set on the Partner Forum right now. Yeah, me too. That's where I'm. That's where my vision is locked on for this week. Yeah. Talked to a Washington Post reporter <laughs> last week about Cat, but they're not sure if they're gonna run it yet. It's pretty big time. We have a yeah, so we have an ally over there. We have a friend, <laughs> but she has to pitch it to her editor. Okay, she likes the story, super rad, Damn. and she's because they're so high profile. Hmm. It's not like anything goes. Okay, you know they have to figure out a way to make it seem bigger than us, gotcha. which I think it is, but. Whatever. <sighs> Washington I don't, Post. I don't want to say that I don't care, but I just don't care. Yeah. In the context of, okay, I can't spend all of my time thinking about it. Yeah. Or it's going to drive me nuts and make me Depressed. angry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be angry. I want to I have a good time. So right. Partner Forum is where my head's at. That's cool. If I had to tier the things, it would go Partner Forum. <laughs> That's going to come and go. Yep. Aptos, which will theoretically open while the Partner Forum is going on. Totally. And then caterpillars just this right. literal and figurative bug that's there. <laughs>
1: that's the amazing thing about our team is that we can do all three of these things and more at the same time. That's freaking crazy. Like yeah. Like most, so many other businesses,
0: I feel like that's not possible. What do you think, for, for you, what's the thing that gives you the most, like what gives you the confidence that you can pull off the partner forum Mm. in the mix of everything else and only having two people that work in your department.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I I think it's just, I just see it and I'm like, cool. Like we can do that. That's just something we can do. Like we just have to like think about what the parameters of the event are and just spend some time on it. It's a project.
0: What was the first thing you did when you knew you were going to do partner forum? forum. Okay. To prepare. the, The
1: first thing I did was I was like, Okay, first I want to just like get some interest going and see see what people are about. Like, so I sent a survey to a bunch of our partners and I was like, hey, planning on doing this thing, this partner forum, we did it last year. We want to make it better this year. Here's some questions for you to help me figure out what we need to dial in. Like, are you down with staying in a group house or do you want your own room? Like." Um, how many days do you want to come for? What kind of topics do you want to talk about? Do you want it to be like mostly presentation based or mostly like group discussion based? So just, that was the first step was just being like, okay, we could do this thing. I could just do it however I want to do it. Or I could ask them since they'll be the ones hopefully benefiting the most from it. So
0: yeah, that's what I did first. Basically doing market research, market research, research, Research. Research. market research. Yeah. Exactly. seeing what the seeing what the people want. Right. And then then what? Then
1: it was a matter of okay, now I've got a list of topics, I've got a general time frame for when they want the event to happen, which was like summertime. So now I just have to see who's available on our team, who can, you know, relate to those topics the most and then just start, you know, putting all the gears together. I just made a huge list of like All the stuff like, okay, I need to book a house. need to figure out where we're going to have dinner. And I used Basecamp, of course, to organize myself. So I made like a timeline kind of to-do list thing that was like, cool, three months out, book the house. One month out, get dinner reservations. You know, everything doesn't have to happen at once. You just have to like make a plan for it. And how do you budget for it? Mm, Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the budget was, that was fun. I pretty much just said, okay, we'll probably spend this much on a house based on, like, what I looked around at. And then we'll go out to dinner, you know, once or twice, so we'll probably spend this much on food. So I pretty much got, like, a cost per head, kind of. And then I was like, cool, it's going to cost this much per head. So this is about what it's going to look
0: like. What were the numbers you're... looking like on that?
1: Um, man, I don't even remember at this point, but it was somewhere between like five, it was around like $5,000. $5,000 all yeah, in? all in. And we didn't even buy anybody like plane tickets. We're just paying for the house. Um, the house was the most expensive thing. Um, but it was, yeah, it was important to like have like a nice house where people could stay and be comfortable. And it also serves as the place for the event itself. So we'll, all the talks and stuff will be there. So like we don't have to rent a, you know, conference room or some shit.
0: What did you learn last year that you're applying to this year? How is it going to be different than what we did last year?
1: Yeah. Last year, I feel like there was a little more like kind of downtime, if that makes sense. Or like there was, there was a fair amount of time that was like not super like structured very much. So I wanted to have a little more structure this year, which we can totally deviate from like, if we're feeling a certain way, we can be like, all right, let's like break into this. Um, last year was also only one day, which was cool, but it was like, it was a pretty quick thing and there wasn't a lot of time to like go into depth on things too much. So like, yeah, I think, um, this year with it being like two full days, it's going to be like, yeah, we can really like, we can go deep with everything and yeah. How are you going
0: to gauge the success yeah. of this?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I've been thinking about that. I, I'm going to make a, like a survey, um, that everybody can take at the end. That'll be like, you know, yeah, you know, just, just like a, a survey asking like expectation versus reality. Like, what did you learn from this? What did you learn from that? Um, that I think will be cool. Um, that's really the only way that I'm measuring success, I guess. Um, I don't have like another kind of metric that I'm looking at, but I mean, for one thing, we're going to have more attendees this year than last year. So I feel like that's, you know, speaks to something of like, you know, people are interested in their like taking time out of their busy schedules to like fly across the country for most of them.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty big commitment for people who are owning small businesses to just pack up and leave for a few days. Right. Spend a little bit of their own money. Mm -hmm. Get a lot of value out of it, though, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. Which is part of the motivation as well. So, like, knowing that that's the case, I'm like, all right, cool. I got to make sure that I think about everything that goes into it because I don't... It would suck if this had turned into something that was like, oh... Wow, I went out to this cat and club thing, and it freaking sucked. I wasted a bunch of time and money and didn't learn shit. That would be so sad. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be like the anti-mission. Actually,
0: I don't think I want to carry their coffee anymore (laughs) either. (laughs) These guys don't respect me at all. Uh, it's
1: all about retention, not uh, <laughs> scaring people away.
0: I wonder if there's some way to have an, like an accountability matrix. So, oh man, you go to these things, you get really excited, right? You learn all this stuff. It, it puts a bunch of uh, puts a bunch of stuff into perspective, right? You can't really set goals. Yep. Like during that time, because you're peaking too high. You, I, I feel like at those things, you're not really plugged into what your reality is. It's like January 1st. It seems like like (laughs) everything could be good. Like, I'm going to do this and that and this and this and that. But take like a decompression week or two, Mm. check back in with everybody, start a base camp thing. Okay, what are one or two goals that you've identified that you want to accomplish in the next
1: Uh, one month,
0: three months, six months, whatever? And then have a running tally of those things Mm. On the wholesale partner base camp. Right. And then you have these built-in accountability buddies. That's a really good idea. And not not in the sense of did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? But in like say, I'm gonna do this. And people are asking you like, cool, what did you do this week that leads towards this? Right. In the same way that you can't just throw the partner forum. The mm. first thing you need to do is you're like figuring out what do people wanna learn about or yeah. is this even <laughs> viable to do? Right, and it's all these little little touch bases, and you got all the homies that are helping you out. That's a great idea, or at idea. least asking you.
1: And we could help with that too. That's, that's 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 probably a super useful thing. Like basically, just be like, "Cool, we can like help you like figure out like your goal is this." So we're good at breaking goals down into smaller chunks. So let's work on this
0: thing together. Yeah, make a big thing small, man. Make it actionable. I like that. Actionable goals here, everybody. Oh, so exciting. We're really, <laughs> really going to do it. What yeah. What have people expressed to you as like the most challenging thing mm. when they're going to attend this? What's been the biggest roadblock? The biggest things have been like, for them,
1: the biggest challenges are like leadership development and just creating bigger opportunities for their team, so... It's cool that, I mean, that's one of our biggest focuses, I feel like, as a company, is we're always you know, focused on, like, how do we provide growth opportunities for people, um, you know, in the cafe and, and other settings as well. And um, so that's been, like, I would say at the top of the list is, like, how do we develop people who are, like, it's not just, like, coffee training, you know? Like, that, that shit's, like, it's pretty, pretty basic. cut and dry. Yeah. yeah. But it's, like, okay, cool, how do we And I think a lot of it revolves around the mission, vision, and values kinds of stuff and around, like, you know, establishing your, like, non-negotiables so that you can communicate those to your team and, um, you know, starting there. It'd be interesting
0: to see from last year because we talked about mission, vision, values, and we went through our orientation at the time. It'd be be really curious to see who now has an orientation. Right. Who now has defined mission, vision, that's values. That's
1: a good question, yeah.
0: Or who just was really excited and yeah. was just feeling the energy drive.
1: Totally. I know, yeah. Th- there's definitely something to it that's I I think that you're on to that's like, I think it's great to have this kind of an event, but the real like kind of next steps is what is really gonna make the difference between people who like Really take what they learn. I mean, it's like any kind of event. You know, you can go to SCA and attend all the lectures, but oh, yeah. it's only so good unless you apply that shit.
0: You're fully cranked for yeah. 72 hours after leaving or something yeah. like that, and then <laughs> then it starts to fade. Yeah. All right, can you imagine how you'd feel if you went to a fucking Tony Robbins <laughs> <laughs> seminar or something like yeah. that? You'd be so pumped up. The guy's totally. so physically large and charismatically large, and you're like, oh, my God, I <laughs> can do anything. Tony, Tony, I'm going to make a million dollars. <laughs> Show me the way. Let's freaking do this thing. Yeah. Let's go for it, bro. We're going at it. I So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm real excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I know a lot of people get tripped up because they feel like they have to commit to something that's perfect, mm. and I think that's uh, a barrier to breakthrough as well. Yeah. I mean, we've re- Re-establish how we talk about our values multiple times, right. even though what we believed hasn't really changed. It's just how you express that, how you teach that, the proper word for it, definitely. The the vehicle for distributing that is all under constant, so many different iterations. Yeah, so always progressing, just like everything else. And it feels, you know, you put something down on paper, you're like, oh, <laughs> now this is. I have to stick with this. What's even scarier is you actually have to live it if mm. you're going to say it, which is equally as scary. Right. Like if we, you know, if we claim synergy and then we don't do it, totally, you're a total asshole. It's like, you well? Know? <laughs> like well, well, you're a liar. They don't, yeah, you're. <laughs> it turns out you're a full blown, full blown liar. Psychopath. How have things been going with you and the? We had this big huge, yes. switch around. Yeah. In communication and funneling of energy, so Charles is now this kind of COO ish role. Right. Head of operations for everything. Yeah. So you've been meeting with the Chuck.
1: Yep. I've met with him twice so far. Um, yeah, it's been really cool. I mean, I, I've already had like an established working relationship with Chuck, like, cause you know, he's basically what all the finances run through. So like I've gone to him for many like budget things and pricing things and We've had lots of meetings, Um, but it was really cool. Actually, last week when we had our meeting, he, uh, he started it by being like, yo, dude, like, I just wanted to, like, be, like, super clear on, like, how I operate just to avoid any, like, you know, situations where you might be thinking a certain thing and I wouldn't even know what was going on. So he was like, yeah, I'm like, my communication style is I like to communicate. I'm like a clear, direct communicator. You know, so the same goes for you, like if there's anything that's bothering you or anything that you don't feel comfortable with, tell me, you know, don't just let it fall by the wayside. Um, And he just went through like all these little things that are like, here's what makes me the way I am at work so that you can better understand it. And I thought that was super cool. What were some of those examples that he used? Besides the direct communicator thing, um, what did he say? Ah, uh, I have it written down somewhere, but I, I can't remember it at the moment on the spot. Is that uh, something
0: that you implement with Mark? or? It's funny. I,
1: I kind of did, but it'd be worth, like, revisiting, I think. Yeah. I think it's a really good thing that everybody should do with their direct reports. Like, it just takes all of the, like, questions out of the equation because, like, meeting with your manager can feel kind of stressful. So if you know... You know that there's an open line of communication, and they're very like straightforward
0: about how they do things, and it's it just yeah, it feels good. Feels good. Felt good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of tri- I, I think I'm ready to do a tiny orientation nice. for everybody who works in and around the marketing. That's freaking bad. Marketing yeah. team because I'm gonna have an assistant now. Nice. Which is gonna be Did you officially
1: uh, select one. <laughs> yes. Or? Nice. Yes. Do yeah. they know? Ian. Oh, nice.
0: I just pinged everybody. I mean, this will come out probably weeks later. Dude. <clears throat> but I just sent a ping to the to the group 20 minutes ago. That's bad to the bone. <clears throat> Dude, it was hard. Yeah. It was super gnarly to pick. I deliberated for maybe longer than I should have, but I kind of sat on it for a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Talked I'm- about it with Tanner multiple times. Talked about it with just – I. Multiple leadership people like like Chuck and Jared. Yeah. We were in our meetings just going around and around on it. It's cool. But it was Evelyn, yeah. Samantha, Ian, and Young Reezy. Dude, how do you pick between a crew like that? It was really hard. <laughs> so sick. I think one of the keys is to have a really clear idea of what you need from that person mm. and not go down the road of what each individual person is good at.
1: Because
0: yeah. you could basically talk yourself into justify hiring almost anybody for any position. Yeah. Especially when you're interviewing internally like we are. So the biggest barriers have already been broken down. Right. Right. When we're bringing people in from the outside, we need to break down the the main cultural barrier, which is do you align with the Cat and Cloud mission, vision, and values? Right. That's the hardest thing to do. Yep. And that's the hardest thing to... You, you, you can't really assess that. You You assess it as best you can, mm-hmm. and we do a pretty good job of it. But there's really no way to tell... You have a snapshot of who this person is. Yeah. And you have to decide if they're going to be a really good cultural fit. Totally. So when people... And we bring everybody in through retail, so they're doing the hard work like that. Yeah. So... Now, I get to choose from a bunch of people who have applied for a job internally, and I already know a lot about them. Mm -hmm. And I already know that they're all good people. They're all cultural fits. I don't necessarily work with all of them directly, but I have instant access to their leadership so I can check in and say, hey, tell me about so-and-so and and, and what they do on the day-to-day. Right. You know, and I met with... Nicole about the people that work downtown, which is for some some reason, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was the, she's moving to Aptos, but she's the the team leader uh, pretty much at the time. Everybody who applied for this job was working downtown. Yeah, they're all Abbott Square. That's funny. Now that I think about it. Very interesting. So talk with her. So I know I'm getting good people. Yeah. And it would be really easy to be, oh, Sam's got this strength. That, that sounds good. Ian's got this strength. Reezy's right. got this strength, Evelyn, the, the whole the whole shit show. Yep. So I really needed to kind of disconnect from what I liked about these people because I like all these people in their own rights. Yep. And I really needed to separate myself from that. And I really needed to separate myself from who do I feel like I would be, the, like, best friends with? Right. Like, who would I hang out with on the weekends? That's Even though that's not a reality of our work life together, I am still have to acknowledge that that could potentially bleed into making the decision. So I have to get rid of all that shit and then just focus on what is this person going to be doing and who's going to line up the best with that.
1: Do you feel like it would be a lot harder to like hire from the outside for something like this?
0: Harder from the outside would be a bigger dice roll. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it would honestly be really scary. Right. So you have this bigger field to choose from. So in theory... Theoretically, you could get someone who is more perfectly suited towards that specific job. Like skills and qualifications-wise. Skills and qualifications-wise. But that comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And I don't think the baggage is worth it. Right. I think the baggage is going to be way more of a pain in the ass because skills are easier to train than culture, Mm. I think like getting someone that's the right cultural fit is always going to be more important than someone with skills. Totally. And if you look at the people who've done anything in our organization, this has just been kind of proven over and over again. It's something that we thought was true, right. but now we see it in action where, you know, Tanner head of cultural development, taking on things like human resources. You've sure, yeah. never done that shit before. Right. He has absolutely. <laughs> No qualifications. Yeah. If he was applying for jobs out in the field for you know, HR director, he'd be getting turned down left and right and be like, you didn't go to school for this. Right. You have no prior work record of this. What's the deal? Totally. But because of the way we structure everything, HR in our case depends specifically so much on cultural alignment and bringing people into the culture because that's yeah. what hiring for us is and that's what job pit for us is that he actually – He has all of those qualifications and anything that comes along with, oh, I need to figure out how this HR program works or learning the actual laws of human resources, (laughs) he can do that. Yeah. You know, he's he's smart enough.
1: Can you imagine hiring somebody into a cultural development rule no. that wasn't even a part of our culture from the first place. I can
0: imagine hiring an HR generalist, yeah, which is maybe someone who works with Tanner right. on the outside and takes care of only legalities totally. and details so that we don't do something accidentally illegal yeah. or by the book because HR does have a ton of rules. So I could see hiring someone like that who... Right. Literally, they never come into the store. Like they a never, contractor. Yeah. They could live in fucking Minnesota. Yeah. And they just make sure that all... Kind of like how we had... um Have ADP do stuff or how Zenefits did some stuff on our behalf. Right. And it's like a third-party thing. I could see that. But someone in a cultural role, no chance. Yeah, that'd be... There's no fucking way. Disaster. It would be a full-blown nightmare. And everyone would mutiny anyway. Right. No one would even listen to them. We would be <laughs> setting up someone to fail. We would give... Someone a job who has no power. Yeah. But can you imagine someone walking in off the street and being like, uh Alex, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh my name's Leopold and <laughs> Leopold. I'm the new cultural director here, so we're just gonna have to make sure that you're up to par. Napoleon it, Dynamite. It would be here. like office space all over again. Oh god. So that that would be that would be a a fucking train wreck. Yeah. And we have some so many case studies, you know. Yourself included as one of them of people who acquire the skills they need within the culture yeah, and go on to have great success. Yeah.
1: That's such a rad thing that I think could be easily overlooked, but it's, it's something that we do that's actually like pretty epic. I mean, it, I feel like it's so epic and it makes us like who we are, but it also like speaks so much to the development of employees that wouldn't even be possible if you didn't, give people the chance to like, like if I had never had the chance to be able to be like, oh yeah, I could, I could run a wholesale program totally. Then, you know, I probably wouldn't have grown and I probably would have, you know, hit a ceiling and you know, that would be it. Yeah. Then you
0: just leave. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm kind of done here. Can't do anything else. That sucks. I'll just hire someone else from the outside to replace me. Right. Or but it bec- be my boss. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but because there's like, that mm-hmm. understanding from for employees and also like there's that like expectation even um, it just creates this like open environment where yeah totally people are you know able to think about a
0: future and be like yeah I could get there actually and then selfishly but like part of me wanted to hire someone from the outside yeah. for an assistant role in the terms of man let and this is just me being lazy but <laughs> let's say you hired someone who just did. Task-based work. Like editing a video or something. Like let's say you're editing video, you're managing a schedule, all these things that are basically like checking off boxes, which this role includes some of. Yeah. And they don't come in. They they basically live outside the wire. All of a sudden, you're not responsible for any of the cultural norms regarding that person. Mm. So I can function with them however I want. Anything goes. Right. Because there's you know, with everything, there's there's percentages of alignments, right? Yeah. So as a whole, I align with the values that we have at the organization Cat and Cloud. And there's some things that are I left to my own devices, I would probably do a little bit differently. Yep. I'm like, here's an opportunity for me to interact with someone in this completely different level. And I can be like, hey, do this, that, and that. And then just done. ping me when it's done. I'm going to be over here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easier in that way because I'm not responsible for that person and their development. They're just a gopher for me. So that that thought kind of crossed my mind, and then I just had to realize that that's just me being lazy. Right. And that even if I did do that, if it was easier in the short term, Mm. I would be just screwing myself in the long run. Right. Because ultimately, I don't want to work with people like that. Yeah. And I don't want to have that working relationship with people. I want to work with people who I can pay into a little bit at a time, over time. And then at some point they can self-actualize Yeah, because that's the only thing that's going to give me more freedom, which I want because just like you, something I'm sure we'll talk about in the next few weeks or months to come when things get yeah. closer, you're moving into another big project that yes. has the potential to move a lot of stuff for the organization. Big things. I'm going to move into different directions too. Right. And I need some sort of flexibility to do that. The only way to do that is to bring people up to give you that. Right. Give you that flexibility. If you
1: hired somebody from the outside too, like in that role in that kind of a uh, context, they would probably, you'd you'd probably have a lot of turnover there too. Probably. You'd probably be like, okay, like this guy would do it for, this person would do it for like, you know, a month or something. And then maybe something else would come up and they'd be like, Oh, all right, and then you have to like retrain another person, another person. And retrain another person. Whereas bringing somebody from the inside, you're both creating an opportunity for them, and probably ensuring like some longevity there.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And I'm cool. so over basic training right now. I can't even yeah. deal. Like, I'm really into advanced, yeah. advanced training. Totally, let's do crazy stuff. But I don't really want to be on that never-ending like repeat zone of fucking infinity table of basic training Man, it doesn't it doesn't sound awesome i like it when people can go from some potential to being this big key player right that gets me really excited yeah right now
1: man i wonder it's it's so interesting i'm like trying to think about how this kind of a thing can apply to other industries and like people in other contexts than like a cafe environment because like the way we do it, it's like cool. We hire into retail. You work as a b- concierge and a barista, and then after you are around for a certain amount of time, more opportunities will come up, and you can potentially get those and grow into those. Um, but I'm like trying to think about like, man, other other kinds of companies, you know, where they just hire people into like very specific like departments or very specific roles, but there's no like centralized place.
0: Right. There's no there's no hub that draws people in. There's no yeah like retail's our boarding right. boarding group. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody comes through here. Boarding <laughs> group's the wrong word, but you get what I'm saying. Make sure it's all safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I think I mean we have We're super interesting because we have really, really low slash no skill requirements. That's true. You can get a job here and start to function, and you don't have to know shit about anything. Right. Which is kind of rare in the business world. So I think they probably have to do a little bit of both. You know, if you worked as a software programmer, if you worked in tech, or if you worked in... I don't know, specialty woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were a <laughs> totally. crafts person, yeah. you would want to take that skill, have some measurement or way to assess that skill, and then layer the values and cultural fit on top of that. Right. Which might mean not hiring the best person or totally. to the most skilled person by hiring someone who's a little less skilled that can still meet the basic requirements but yeah. is a better cultural fit. And assuming that if you're some sort of craftsperson, if this is a big part of your life, that over time you're going to get up to that level. Right. I mean, there's good people everywhere.
1: Yeah. Man, yeah. I wonder if you could, like, be like, cool, I'm going to hire the person. Like, I'm a woodworker. I'm going to hire somebody that's going to be the right cultural fit for my woodworking company, both from a customer service perspective but also, like, working with me. And I wonder if you could hire somebody that has, like, essentially no skill or maybe they've taken like an intro to woodworking kind of thing and just be like all right, I'm going to get you 80% of the way there in the first month or two months or something and then I think that I don't the know. danger
0: with stuff like that is you would need an insane amount of buy-in because the road is long. True. To get someone from zero to where they can be a barista behind the bar? Yeah. I got to hate to break it to everybody out there, Being a barista is not the most highly skilled position that you could ever have. Absolutely. It's important, and it brings (laughs) a great deal of joy to people's lives, and it doesn't mean that you don't matter. But in terms of coffee preparation, espresso preparation, if you're looking at something like woodworking, good Lord, (laughs) years and years and years and decades before you can really – Call yourself whatever, some sort of master woodworker. Yeah, the road's just longer, so there's more danger in bringing someone in with zero. That's true. Yeah, and you don't know if they're gonna like it. You know, yeah, someone could totally. be. I really want to learn woodworking. It. I really want to do it, and they could do it for six months to be like, oh yeah, this actually isn't for me. Right. And you could this never is
1: backbreaking work. <laughs> you never got to a point
0: where they were producing for you. Right. Whereas yeah. turn time on baristas is fast.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I get that so yeah, I guess one of the more highly skilled aspects of being in the retail environment is maybe just the customer service role and like being a good like you know service service oriented kind of employee those i mean a lot of those skills come intuitively for some people, but maybe less so for others, and
0: yeah, I think they're not highly. A lot of people don't do them well, so there's no benchmark for what they can be. Right. You could go... We could go to 10 places right now and probably get mediocre service at all 10 of them. Totally. (laughs) It's super rare. So to see someone who's doing it well, there's no one to model. Yeah. You know, so people don't... Unless people have that embedded in them, they just kind of default to whatever the standard of where they work is. It's rare to see someone just randomly go above and beyond because they think they need to and know what that means. Unless it's like... Inside of them. <laughs>
1: right.
0: So Jared's yeah. going above and beyond no matter what. It's just part of who he is. Right. But we have a ton of people here who I don't think would go above and beyond on their own. Not because they don't want to, but they've never seen it modeled. Totally. So they don't know what it. And once they see it, they're like, oh, my gosh, this feels so good to do this. Yeah. Like, this really makes my day. Making other people's day makes my day. Yep. And now I know how to do it. Dude, it's crazy to take
1: someone like Michael Foy, who I remember when he first interviewed... He was just like really nervous and really shy and quiet and like, you know, barely, barely talked much. And, you know, just like how much he's progressed over time from when he first started working on the floor to now he's downtown. He's about to move to Aptos. But like um, I I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, he's been like telling all of his all the regulars like, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm moving to Aptos like I'm not going to be downtown as much. So I just wanted to let you know I still work here. But you should come see me down there if you want. But it's just been so like crazy to see that evolution.
0: Yeah, anyway. I, I never pictured him as being that guy. I know, yeah, the guy who was like, "I'm really proud of my regulars, and we have right. this really good bond." But he's got amazing friendships that have developed out of doing kick-ass customer service. Yeah, and he really, really cares. And I think service is one of those things that grows on you, even if you yeah. don't love it at first. Sure. If you're if you're shown if you're shown the path, you gotta. Got to see the path. It's true. Yeah, it's it's yeah. trippy. I think people could take aspects of this and, uh, and apply it anywhere. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be different challenges for each industry. Right. But I think it's something that you can totally do. And I think the best companies, the best companies do it. Right. All the ones that we look up to, either intuitively or by default, like really right. make it happen. Yeah, they have. It
1: seems like the best companies usually have some intention behind. Like how they talk about their culture, for the most part.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally, uh, I totally agree, and I, I, think that shines through in, yeah, in the products and everything. But I, I, yeah, I think there's, and just like us, I think once you're in somewhere, if you, if you can promote from in, w- promote from within, like, yeah, just. Do that or go down that road first. And then every once in a while, you might have to hire someone outside who has some crazy skill that you need to utilize. Yeah. We haven't really run into mm. that yet, but I'm not blind to the fact that we might. Right. Um, and it'll probably be in a limited capacity. Mm outside-the-wire kind of situation. I know. I can't even, like, think
1: about what that would be.
0: It's funny. Like I could see us getting, let's say, if the thing that you're going to do yeah. becomes so technologically advanced that we need to hire someone on a, a basically a consulting right. basis to figure out this one problem. Totally. Then they figure that out, <clears throat> and then they leave. I don't think we've run into anything that we couldn't train someone to do here. Yeah. But, again, we're not... Nuclear physicists or anything right. like that. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe what when those we're a forty-seven billion
1: dollar a year company. Maybe when
0: we're uh, we a Fortune one hundred, <laughs> things will be a little bit differently. So many different departments. I'd be like, I don't even know who works in this department because <laughs> I don't even know them. Yeah, all of our lawyers start as baristas. So. All I- <laughs> <laughs> whole legal team. They were construction workers. They used to drive Holy the tractors. That's now, so insane. now they're in the zone.
1: Ugh, got into that territory. But Whoops. to loop,
0: to loop it to loop it back, the reason that Ian got the job is his ability to articulate and communicate. The things that were moving to him about the companies, cultures, and social movements that he follows. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And in the context of, sure, executive assistant, but also in the marketing department, Mm -hmm. ability to tell stories with clarity and to understand and let people know why we're doing the things that we're doing. Yeah. Super huge.
1: That's a huge skill.
0: Plus, he's looking... Outside the Wire for... I've said Outside the Wire like 10 times. Fucking yeah. sorry. I'm just... I'm, I'm really into Through Outside the, the wire, wire right now. He's looking at all these other cultural movements. Yeah. Which is providing him with like a really rich and diverse background for mm. just random ideas. Yeah. Like he dropped three things that I hadn't ever thought of wow. in the interview process, which is really more like a conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, What cool. was one of
1: the like ideas.
0: That's cool. I mean, one of them was, one of them was something that I'd been kind of beating around, but I I wrote off as impossible, Yeah, which was just sourcing everything that we do locally with some sort of traceability. Got it. And this is, someone's going to yell at me because I'm going to hurt our sales and go directly against what we're doing, but we sell cheap diner mugs that are made in China. Totally. And that's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so lame. It's yeah. one of our best margin items. Right. Best-selling items. But I, I want to figure out a way to work with people who make ceramics in the US that we can do some sort of collaboration with or we can develop something for a decent price. Right. The margins never going to be as good as those. Totally. And we go and we go that direction. Yeah. And it's just little little things, like, showing that other people in other industries have done the same things. Right. And I'm not tuned into a ton of different industries besides skateboarding. Yeah. So he's like, oh, these guys did that, and these guys did that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So it's, like actually, it's actually possible. Same thing with customer service. Like, right. You can do it and have a sustainable business. Yep. Um, and then, oh, I wrote them all down, but he, he mentioned all... He's into so much weird stuff. Which is
1: how he first... When he first applied, didn't he have, like, a freaking, like, like ebook or some shit of, like, 12 different things?
0: Yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. Like, so he, he brought a bunch
1: of ideas to the interview. He
0: does, yeah. And he keeps bringing... He sent me multiple idea sheets since then, then which is a nice. And then a couple of people have gone above and beyond. But that it was that communication and clarity. Right. I was like, oh, okay. This is awesome.
1: Yeah. But which they, is huge, because, like, you're... You're hiring an assistant, but you're not hiring. You, I assume you don't want somebody that has to like, you know, wait to hear what you have to say about something. Like you probably want to like give them some direction, yes. but then really they have to like own it themselves and like take it up to the to Z. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I can't be. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a good hand holder. Yeah, yeah. So I work. I work best with highly motivated people. Right, and I think every everyone else in that group is also motivated in their totally. own individual ways. I mean, if we have to uh, Samantha who helps out with Instagram and other stuff in social, right, her her storytelling skill is is completely different. Yeah, to capture a moment in picture and to write a a caption that makes sense, she's the best in that group. Right, and you can see that in her own in her own personal media. Yeah. And Alyssa Alyssa has an incredibly creative mind, and some of this, the funniest shit I <laughs> was fucking this it was, oh God. I it was so amazing she had made these series of albums yeah. that were it was one cover song done like ten different ways. What? And her and her friend made the album cover That's and wild. all these weird just it's like these strange creative projects that you do just because. Right. There's no absolutely no reason to do them except for fun. Totally. And Evelyn's obviously doing one-on-ones. Yeah. You know, she's shown initiative in her own way to do her own uh, her own version of storytelling and, and what it means to her and yep. the story behind people. So it was super hard. It was stu- that and that's why I stood on it for so long. Right. I sent a ping to everyone last week. I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> still thinking right thanks for rolling with me it's it's interesting cuz like you really have to like
1: take the interview and be like okay like this person came to this interview with like very specific set of things that's like exceptional so like you can't like you like you started saying in the beginning like you can't just be like oh this person's good at this this person's good at that that could lead you into dangerous territory you have to kind of like See the interview more a little more cut and dry and be like, "All right,
0: yeah, and it works both ways it's yeah part of hiring is for you, and then part of hiring is for them, yeah, true, so I don't know if there's a wrong pick, but there is a less right pick sure and if i If I take someone who I see has a strength for something else, I'm keeping them. I could be holding them back from what they're actually meant to do. Right. So that's something that you have to be aware of, too. But, I mean, it's it all comes out in the interviewing process. It's all these little, everyone's giving you clues and hints as yeah. to what they're actually thinking, mm. which was reading that negotiated oh, yeah. negotiation book, the Chris right. Voss book, Never Split the Difference. Yeah. It was kind of cool because he makes the point that, you know, everybody needs answers to the question. Mm-hmm. Asking the question is probably the worst way to get answers. Right. So instead of asking people, what what do you want to do? Mm. People don't know what they want to do. Yeah. You know? It's a little too vague, a little yeah. too general. Yeah, you're kind of pulling on threads from their current behavior and past behavior to kind of figure out what they're most likely to do. Yeah. And where they're most likely to go. Right. And that helps make the decision as well. It's crazy. Yeah. I want to get better as an interv- interviewer. Yeah. I, it was really exciting. And I, I feel like I did okay. But I honestly feel like I have a ton left on the table. And I'm excited to do whatever the next round of interviews is.
1: Yeah. Man.
0: It's so crazy. We have such a, a amazing talent
1: pool here. And I mean, ah, I want to say that it's like unique and special in some way. Like, oh, we just have all these amazing people. And I, I think it is to some extent because we've built the company in such a way that culture comes first and like, you know, the mission comes first. So people really have something to grab onto and like resonate with. But I'm just curious what it's like for other people like in the current state of their business and also like what it could be like if they were to do some of the same things for themselves. Because like, I think everybody has more potential than we think they do most of the time. At least that's been my experience. I'm always like pleasantly surprised by people. So I don't know, man, like we have an amazing thing going on here with amazing people, but I imagine that's the case for other people too. Maybe there, there's just a few things that need to like, fall
0: into alignment. Different for everybody, probably. Yeah. I think you attract like-minded people. Right. So now, three years into it, we're attracting probably a more aligned group from the get-go than we ever did in the beginning when people just wanted to work here because they thought it was a neat coffee shop that they could work at. Totally. There's so many more examples of the stuff that we're doing out in the Mm. world. And yeah, I, I mean... Everybody's got so much potential. Yeah. But what's the what's the benefit to bringing it out? And what? Why would you tap into yourself if no one cares what you're going to tap into? Right. You know. I mean, you can look at people who do mediocre work. Mm -hmm. They come, they clock in, they clock out, they do as much as they, as little as possible to get through the day, and then they go home. And they have all kinds of projects that they absolutely sure. kill it on. You know, that maybe they have a, a YouTube channel. Maybe they host their own podcast. S- maybe they of like this big music group. <laughs> like, you're telling me that that person can't crush it at work? They can yeah. absolutely crush it at work. They're just not incentivized to. Like, totally. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to them because no one's set up. The framework to uh, to recognize that and reward it. Right. And as humans, we're default lazy. Yep. You know? Do the least amount possible. Do the least amount the possible because we're going to save our energy reward, for the shit yeah. that's important. So it's like, and I've had jobs like that where I'm just like, cool, nobody nobody cares. Yeah. I'm just going to chill. When that's the status quo. That's the status it's quo. It's like, like, why, why fly? You, why fly higher than that? And totally. then it's... It's literally like Man. like office space. Yeah. Peter Gibbons is like, it's just, it's just that I don't care. Like if I bust <laughs> my ass and ship like a few extra units, like who what, cares? What I, don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't see another dime.
1: I don't see another dime.
0: You know? I'm gonna
1: burn this place down.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be monetary right. incentivization, but there has to be some sort of incentivization, whether totally. it's even just recognition. Yeah. Is a huge thing. Recognition of contribution can Which, motivate someone.
1: I mean, we're kind of proving in a way that it's not just monetary because we don't have an infinite pool of money to give to people for to do amazing things. So, like, I mean, to some extent we do, but, like, you know, a lot of it is just the feeling of, like, the, the self, you know, individual person feeling
0: accomplished yeah. of what they're doing and feeling like they're a part of something. You could definitely make more money somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I... Especially for people on the front line. Right. Working for us versus bartending. Totally. Being a server. If you were a kick-ass server, you could probably make way more in tips than we would ever be able to pay you. Right. But once your basic needs are met, then Mm -hmm. it becomes about other things. Actualization. Yeah. All comes back to Maslow. (laughs) Hierarchy of (laughs) needs. That son of a guest. Claiming hierarchy of needs here. I I think it, it all depends on what... What does the owner of the business want and how painful is it for them? Yeah. If it's not painful enough for them, mm. if they haven't realized how depressed they actually are or how good life could be. Right. If they wanted to just put in a little bit extra work and, and grind it out and do something for other people, right? no one's ever going to be able to come up. True. But once you realize, oh, wow, my life also could be exponentially better yep it's it's funny to uh go back to that never split the difference book right he's talking about negotiation and at multiple points he references the idea of being a psychopath Mm. and his the, the whole context of the book is around empathy not around like me putting the screws to you to get what i want but to understanding you to empathize with you. Right. If we can empathize with each other, we're going to get to the best deal. He's a psychopath. They're great at empathy. Okay. Because they care about you? No. Because <laughs> it works, and it's relatively easy in the scheme of things. To, like, trick people? <laughs> to, well, it's they know how to push your buttons. Right. Right? They know how to play the game that you're going to play, so they're going to make you feel really good about it, and it's really good for them. Right. And so even if... Even if you don't give a shit about the people that work for you, yeah it's still gonna be better for you to hmm. invest in them give them give them some sort of give them something to work towards give them something to work for and appreciate them right so even if, even if you're a total asshole <laughs> it's still the right move even if you're doing it for all the wrong reasons yeah and Gosh. that sounds cold and weird but That's interesting. I think it's true. You know, it's going to, even if you only care about yourself. Right. The best way to get what you want is to empower someone else. Right. Maybe some people see you guys and they're like,
1: Oh, they're so like good hearted and good natured and stuff. Like I could never, I could never
0: be that way. And they just write it off. But yeah, even then maybe you're just a lazy sack of shit. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a piece of shit. That's like, I just want to do the least amount of work possible. How am I going to do that? I'm gonna empower Alex. He's gonna do all the work for Get me. Get a bunch of people, yeah. Yep. I'm gonna take whoever's my assistant. They're gonna do all the work for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna build them up. I'm gonna right. teach them skills. I'm gonna motivate them, and which turns out, it's better for them too. That's better for them, <laughs> and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, except for do that thing. And totally. Like, you know, obviously, there's work to build people up, and yeah. it's not just something that comes like that. But I'd be lying if I said. You know, I didn't have a greater amount of flexibility than I had when we opened the business. Right, yeah. You were behind behind the roaster. (laughs) Behind the bar, behind the roaster, doing the marketing stuff, doing the wholesale stuff. Good Lord. The whole kit. (laughs) That was my existence, doing the web store, shipping all that stuff. That's the stuff that I did. Right, right. And now I don't have to, I only do like 10 people doing that work Yeah I do yeah. like one or two Of those things sometimes Right And you get to look forward to, to doing the next thing So It's, it's fucking great Yeah <laughs> That is sick I and love that, it And that's how it should be too so like, I, I feel pretty good about it You know Man. Oh wow Been We're like 50 minutes <laughs> in What a great combo Crazy Just good combos out here You know It's a beautiful day hot dude yeah. Sweating it's hot There's a nice breeze there at The pit it's sweat It's pretty good you're from NOLA, dude. Like, oh yeah. Doesn't even phase you. There's
1: not even any humidity right now. There's nothing going on.
0: It's nothing. nothing. No humidity. It's nothing. Well, dude, let's uh, wrap this thing up, and then we'll talk about other stuff. Wrap it up, man. Exciting stuff. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Alex Marscast. <laughs> May the force be with you. Peace. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Carol. <laughs> Carol, can you cut this out? <laughs> 1645. <laughs> it turns out you're a full-blown, full-blown liar.
1: Psychopath.
0: Still cut this out, Carol. Or just uh, cut it out in the beginning and then put it in at the end to make fun of me or something. <laughs> Outtakes. Literally dying. Would you say chloroform? Part, partner form. Partner form. <laughs> Carol, I think we're back in. <laughs> Carol, we're back in. It's 722 or something. Hey Carol, we're back. I don't want to say that I don't care, but I just don't care. Yeah. What a great combo.